The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Atlantic Files, the number one podcast on the number one division in the NBA, brought to you by the Underdog Podcast Network. As always, joined by your host. This time it's just me. This week is just me. You got Alex Fishbein here joining you guys for... Another episode of the one and only Atlantic Files. So, without further ado, just bringing up some notes here for everybody. But we had some pretty big drama go down in not just the league, but in the Atlantic Division. Now, before we get into everything, if you're watching here on YouTube, make sure you subscribe below hit the bell for notifications let you know when we're going live and post new videos all the time also we are everywhere you get your podcast so subscribe everywhere spotify apple google all of that as well so let's get into this so as i said kyrie irving suspended um we talked about this last week it was before he was officially suspended but we talked about him posting the video of or he didn't post a video he posted the movie that had some anti-semitic themes in it um i'm not gonna sit here and say that i know what the whole movie was about because i did not watch it uh i just read some summaries about it read some things about it and saw that uh there was some things about denying the holocaust and some other crazy things that might have been in there but the and muhammad here what's up muhammad he says kyrie irving suspended with some crying emojis yeah i mean look kyrie irving if he just got out of his own way could be up there all time as one of the best players in nba history Right now, I mean, he's still looked at as one of the best ball handlers in the game that has ever played the game. He's been one of the best scorers whenever he's on the court and everything, but the body of work isn't exactly up to par with a lot of the Hall of Famers because he's just, over the last, I'd probably say between like six or seven seasons, he just hasn't really been playing. There's been a lot of drama Every team that he's gone to just seems to fall short ever since that ring with Cleveland, that is. So it's all been very muddy waters since then. So now with this whole suspension, I'm not going to sit up here and, you know, be on some sort of high horse and say, you know, Kyrie Irving doesn't know this and Kyrie Irving doesn't know that and blah, blah, blah. What I am going to do is just that I'm just going to say that there has been pretty easy guidelines to follow as an NBA player to not get suspended, to stay on the court, to help your team win, and so on and so forth. And 
The big thing here with Kyrie is he's just not doing any of that. Um, I understand if you want to be, you know, spiritual and religious and all that kind of stuff. Like everyone has a right to do so. Everyone has a right to be, to follow whatever religion they want, to, you know, explore whatever spirituality they want, whatever. I'm not going to ever condemn anybody for that kind of thing. But when it comes to, you know, I don't want to say falling in line because nobody really wants to fall in line in terms of really anything, especially in America. Like, that's just not what America stands for. Um, but it, it just, when you are part of a globally renowned, we'll just say company, cause, because, like, if you... If you are part of any company that is as big as the NBA is, and you have any platform as big as Kyrie's, every little thing you do is always going to get scrutinized, whether it's by the media, by the fans, by, you know, even fellow players or or, or bosses, a.k.a. owners, head coaches, GMs, so on and so forth. It's just, it, it comes with the territory. And for someone who has been in this limelight as long as he has, he should already know that. And it seems to me, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but it seems to me that he didn't watch the whole movie that he posted, or he just didn't understand that there was stuff in there that denied the Holocaust, and there was a bunch of quotes and stuff that were made up and not real. That's... Just a big oof on Kyrie's part. Um, but to get away from that, so he's suspended. It is what it is. They said he was suspended at least five games. They gave him a list of things to do um, to return to the team. Uh, the one thing that I thought was kind of interesting is, like, why was it reported by, like, Sh Shams and those guys when like the team couldn't just come out and say that in the first place i didn't it was just kind of it was just kind of odd to me that it came out the way that it did but all in all the list came out i'm just trying to find this list so here so there are six things on this list that the Nets have given to Kyrie that he has to complete before he returns to the team from his suspension. So, he has to A, I should say one, apologize and condemn the movie. Two, donate 500K to anti-hate causes. Three, sensitivity training. Four, anti-Semitic training. Five, meet with the ADL and Jewish leaders. Six, meet with Joe Sai to demonstrate his understanding of everything. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a list that almost anybody that has brought hate speech into anything has kind of had to go through. Um, there was... I forget, I think it was, oh, it, it was either like Deshaun Jackson or maybe another wide receiver said something anti-Semitic, and I think it was Julian Edelman 
brought him to like the Holocaust Museum and things like that and showed him all about Jewish heritage and culture and things like that. And they, you know, it, um, he apologized for it, so on and so forth. Then there was Myers Leonard, who kind of just got like outcast from the league after what he said on a on a Twitch stream. Um, but then I I actually just saw a video not too long ago about how he um, befriended rabbis. He went to synagogues and stuff, and and sat in and saw what Judaism was all about, and it. I mean, he also set up like basketball camps for Jewish communities and everything. So for someone who's trying to show that it wasn't in bad faith that what they did in the first place, that he's willing to work with all these people, I think that, you know, all of that is a good showing. Um, sure, somebody's always going to say it's pandering and blah, 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 but it is what it is. Um, Tyler said it was Jackson. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought it was Deshaun Jackson. Um, Tyler also asked here, Irving retiring. I heard something about that. So I don't know where exactly those rumors came from. There was rumors about Kyrie Irving retiring after all of this so that, I mean, he doesn't have to do this, like this laundry list of things. It, uh, I guess what really happened is like he keeps sharing some content like he doesn't exactly he didn't exactly apologize at first and things like that um the i mean obviously the nets can't trade him so if he really has this has this like desire to get off of this team after everything like that no one's gonna take him first off second off like with the contract and everything, there's no real easy way to get rid of Kyrie Irving. And then, so it said one executive even claimed that Irving could be forced to retire as no other NBA team would risk acquiring him, especially after all of this. So I guess it was more so just a thing of he's not like he himself didn't say anything about retiring. He hasn't um, even hinted at retiring or anything, but it's the situation that he's in, how he's, I mean, he's suspended right now, obviously, and uh, we don't know how far along he is in this six item list to come back to the court. And as far as, I mean, I was looking at his Twitter the other day and I was just like, I, there's some things in there that I don't understand what he's talking about. There's some, he keeps saying like overstanding instead of understanding, which I think he's trying to think like show this like play on words kind of thing. And I'm just like, everyone just wants to see that you understand why it was hurtful, apologize for being hurtful, and then get back to basketball. And you can keep your beliefs and keep talking about your beliefs and stuff, but just don't hurt other groups of people and other, you know... Yeah, I guess just other groups of people. Um, especially because if this happened a different time other than like after the whole Kanye West thing happened and Kanye lost all of his endorsements and everything like that, we could be seeing something a little different. But it's just, I mean, that 
combined with him then promoting this movie, like, in the midst of all of that, kind of then made people, you know, think twice about, like, what what exactly are you promoting this for? Uh, Muhammad said should be suspended from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if the Brooklyn Nets really want him to just stop, you know, pushing the envelope and just be there to be on the basketball team for what they pay him for, yeah, they would suspend him from social media in general because, I mean, that's where he's posting everything. Um, and then Tyler asks here, you think he'll ever play again? I think he still will play again. I don't think this is really going to cause him to actually quit basketball or retire from basketball. I do think he will he will be on the court again. And while it, I don't think it's going to be like this week or next week or anything, um, I do think at some point he's going to realize what is more important to him. Like, is this whole stance of, you know, not apologizing and everything like that. I mean, he did end up issuing an apology. I think it was on Instagram or something like that. But is he going to continue to take this stance of he's not going to do this list of things to come back to the court? Or is he going to realize that, like, hey, I do want to play basketball and basketball is what I love. And that's what got me here in the first place. So let me get back to the court. I think he will start, you know coming to realize that so I do think he'll play again I do think it'll be for the Brooklyn Nets as well because once he does this this whole thing talks to Josai he apparently met with Adam Silver and they had a good conversation as coming from Adam Silver's camp and the NBA's camp so it seems like he's on the way back but again we just don't know the timeline we don't know what things he's checked off of this list and everything like that so to go along with that then there was also Kevin Durant was kind of asked about everything and he said you know it's it Kyrie didn't exactly get a fair shake um like he shouldn't this shouldn't even be as big of a distraction as it is and they just need to you know get back to basketball and everything which I mean to be honest that's what everyone wants uh KD kind of is re reiterating the fact that like look everyone involved even the people that were hurt from his comments they're like dude apologize learn from it and let's move on with this because we're not trying to you know drag this out forever it's not something that when it comes to hate speech and things like that like people don't want to drag that on and be like Hey, look, this guy's saying a bunch of hurtful things and then get all the people that might secretly agree with him to then jump on that bandwagon, as we saw with Kanye and the people like standing those like neo-Nazis or Nazis, whatever, on the bridge. in I think it was like California or something like that when they put up all the things about the Jews and we're doing the Hitler salute and all that kind of stuff like nobody nobody wants that to keep happening and the it it seems like a lot of people don't understand why there was you know that jewish people or groups of people or groups of other people were hurt from these comments um and from endorsing that movie because all the comments i see under twitter posts and instagram posts and everything just say 
you know, like, no, black people were the first Israelites and everything. And I'm like, I, it might just be me, but I don't think people are arguing that side of the movie or that side of this ideology. I think they're arguing the fact that they denied the Holocaust and they made up stuff about like what Hitler said and some quotes from like Nazis and things like that. Like, I think that's the part that they're mad about, not the whole, you know, him talking about how uh, black people's culture is rooted also in Israel and how they were the first quote unquote Jews and things like that. Like, I don't think people exactly are mad about that part. I think a lot of people do agree that, you know, life could have first started in Africa. That's something that a lot of people have a like a belief of. So there's just a whole lot of things that everyone is taking their own opinion about this and their own ideology and kind of projecting that onto everybody else. So it, I yeah I don't really understand. Ty says what? Yeah, I I don't get it. The, like the the arguments that I've seen, especially under Kyrie's posts themselves, especially on Twitter, is just is a lot of people arguing the things that I don't think were seen as hurtful. They're <laughs> they're kind of making this like a uh, a race thing, but like between like black Jews and white Jews and things like that. But the main, the main issue is when people start denying the Holocaust, that's the main issue because a lot of people lost a lot of family members in the Holocaust. So like, you can't just mess around with that kind of thing. That's a serious matter. So when you start bringing that up, yeah, it's a, not going to, not going to go well. So going along with the Brooklyn Nets though, we talked about last week, too, that Steve Nash got fired and that Ime Udoka was supposed to be, like, the next in line as the head coach. And that's what Woj reported, that's what Shams reported, that's what everyone was reporting. But now it looks like, I guess, either the Nets got talked out of it or they just didn't actually have him at the top of the list. They wanted to give Jacques Vaughn the... the um, the tryout, I guess, as the interim head coach first before they made him the head coach. And then, you know, the whole Kyrie thing leading into that kind of just made it all speed up the process. Um, I will say, too, real quick about Kyrie. Um, it's not often I agree with Nick Wright, uh, one of the other, you know, a TV analyst and everything like that. But he said this whole thing about how for the last, I think it was six seasons, every team Kyrie has gone to, you know, smoke and and flames and everything has followed him when he left Cleveland, all starting from when he left Cleveland when they first won their championship with LeBron. He went over to Boston the he didn't even play in the playoffs of that first year and the team went to the eastern conference finals with a very young core then the next year they got worse um they lost i think in like the first round um Kyrie didn't even have a good series then uh and then after saying that he was going to stay there ends up demanding that trade to Brooklyn that first season in Brooklyn Kevin Durant doesn't play but the Nets do worse than they did the year before the year before they they were over 500 they made the playoffs and everything that next year 
under 500, miss the playoffs and all that. Then the year after that, you know, they're projected to be, and all the while, other than that team without KD, they were projected to either win the East or be like top three or four in the East. And every time they didn't even come close to that or they even missed the playoffs altogether. And the only common denominator from all of those teams was that Kyrie got there and was there. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting from Nick Wright, and I kind of agree with him that, you know, ever since that championship, wherever Kyrie has gone, it's kind of been a shit show. Like, they haven't reached their full potential still. We're still waiting for this Brooklyn team to reach their full potential, and Every year we've been looking at them like, yo, they got they got KD, they got Kyrie, they they had James Harden, now they got Ben Simmons. They have all these people and they have a decent supporting cast. Like they should be on a finals run like the Miami Heat. But we haven't even seen them get to an Eastern Conference final. Let alone an NBA final. Let alone win an NBA final. So yeah, that's uh, that's bad. Um, but yeah, so uh, let's see. Tyler said, I'm still surprised the Nets threw away a young, talented team. So disappointed. Yeah, that team was fun to watch, to be honest. I remember we when they made the playoffs with D'Lo and, and Joe Harris and um, they even had Jared Dudley and everything. That was when Jared Dudley and Ben Simmons had like a little beef going and stuff. They... They uh they were really fun to watch. They I remember going to a bar to see the Sixers and them play each other uh in the playoffs in that first round series when the Sixers ended up winning. And I think it was the game that Mike Scott hit the game winning three at the very end. But that that team was it was really fun. D'Lo, Spencer, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, um, all of those guys doing well for all the teams they're on now. I mean Look, Spencer Dinwiddie's doing great as a backup to Luka Doncic. Jared Allen, the starting center over in Cleveland. They're a top 2-3 team in the East right now as we speak. Uh, D'Lo playing pretty well for Minnesota. I mean, these the, the guys they had would be amazing for the team they have now. They sold them all for these big names, and that's kind of it. Because... We haven't really been the only the only time we've been bringing up the Brooklyn Nets in recent seasons is to talk about how everything went wrong. Something's going on outside of basketball or they just like haven't met expectations. So, uh, but yeah, Jock Vaughn, now the head coach. Uh, this is interesting because I do think it's just because of the backlash that once they I feel like someone in the Brooklyn Nets leaked the fact that they're looking at Ime Udoka as the next head coach to feel out what kind of backlash that would bring. And then they base their opinion on the head coach like after they find out who would be angry, who would be happy, blah, 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 blah. Obviously, that's speculation on my part. That's not that's not fact at all. I don't have... I do not have any inside sources. I'm sorry. But it would make sense. Ime Udoka is just a... I mean, he proved to be a, a very good coach in his one year in Boston. But now, if you add... Man. If you add everything that Ime Udoka's been through over the last 
few months, combined with the Kyrie thing, combined with everything else that Brooklyn has gone through in the past couple years, that really, it literally becomes a reality TV show. Like, it's not a basketball team. It literally is like, they become the Real Housewives of Brooklyn. <laughs> that's that's really all you can you can consider them at this point because we aren't talking basketball. We're talking literally reality TV TV show plot lines. That's literally all we're talking about. Uh, and Muhammad here Brooke says Brooklyn Nets with the laughing faces. Man, I know Dennis is mad at just the whole situation. Um He's even said he he almost bought some Toronto Raptors gear because we always talk about the Raptors and how fun they are to watch. But I mean, I would probably be in the same boat if I was a if I was a Brooklyn Nets fan because I mean, even when the Sixers were going through everything with the Colangelo burner accounts and uh, you know the the all the stuff about the Ben Simmons and Embiid beefs and this so on and so forth, it's just like at some point you just you get to be tired of it. You just want to you just want to see your team win. You just want to see your team play basketball, get as close as they can to a championship or win a championship like save all the all the background stuff for some some other time. Like what what are we doing here? But so Jacques Vaughn I mean He's had, I think he's had one other chance as a head coach. I believe he had a, um, he was over at Orlando as a head coach for a little while. Um, yeah, so he was the head coach of the Magic from 2012 to 2015. And then he was the Nets assistant from 2016 to now, or sorry, to 2020. And then an interim coach in 2020. And then back to an assistant 2020 to now and then now he's the official head coach of excuse me the Brooklyn Nets um I'm just interested to see what kind of rotations he brings what kind of schemes he might have that are different from Steve Nash because we all saw how terribly it went with Steve Nash and how they have failed to really look like that great of a put together team um not saying it's all Steve Nash's fault because I mean I just went over the laundry list of things that has happened with the Brooklyn Nets and as a coach there is no way you can like prevent that kind of thing or even do something to stop that (laughs) if if the GM and the president and the owner and the commissioner and all of them can't do anything, then the head coach isn't going to be able to do anything. So, all in all, I think the Jacques Vaughn promotion as the head coach instead of interim head coach, I I mean, I like it. I like it right now. I can't say it's a terrible idea. You know, you get some continuity. He's been at least on the bench there for, you know, the last handful of seasons since 2016. So a lot of the guys are used to him. They know him. They, you know, they have played for him as it is. Hopefully, hopefully he can turn it around. I mean, if he turns this team around, maybe he gets himself a big old contract. So happy for him. 
hope he can do something with this Brooklyn Nets team. Maybe he can speak to Kyrie and get him to play more games than he misses. I mean, I saw also saw a stat that Kyrie has missed more games with the Brooklyn Nets than he has played over the last three, four seasons that he's been there, which is pretty terrible. Uh, Tyler says, good for Vaughn. I hope he succeeds. Agreed. Completely agreed. Muhammad says, New York Knicks and Brooklyn Nets. Yep, they are tipping off tonight. And I believe our very own Mike Bash is at the game. So he's probably over there watching his Nets take a loss to the New York Knicks. Oh, and that reminds me, Ben Simmons is still undefeated against the New York Knicks in his career. The New York Knicks have not lost a game at home this season. If I remember correctly, because they're 5-5 five and five and all of their wins have been at home. So something's got to give here. Either the New York Knicks take their first home loss or Ben Simmons takes his first loss against the Knicks. But as of right now in the first quarter, the Nets are already up 24-8. to eight. So <laughs> maybe Ben Simmons is going to stay undefeated. That's kind of bad. Uh, but anyway, let's move away from the Brooklyn Nets here. Speaking of people who have not played more often than they have played for one of their new teams, Kawhi Leonard. I just want to know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. I just want to know what's happening with this whole injury rehab with his knee. He seems to be frustrated with where he's at. Uh, obviously Clippers fans are going to be frustrated because you got this superstar player here that's just been sitting on the bench for, what, the past season and a half, maybe even more, uh, not doing anything for your team, taking up a fat piece of the salary cap, and it essentially is just dead cap because he's not doing anything. Um, so I just want to know, What's exactly going on with that? I just, I'm just very curious. Like, I would love to just talk to the training staff or the team doctors or whatever and just get to know what, like, what is the recovery process? Like, what is he supposed to be doing? Or what is, um, you know, his body supposed to be recovering like that's not happening? And, it's just like, even when he did play, he's on a minutes restriction. So was the minutes restriction not restricted enough? Can he only play like 10 minutes a game at first? Did playing at all harm things? Tyler asks, is it old age getting to him hurting his recovery? I mean, it definitely could be. Kawhi now is, I think, like 30, 31 years old. 31. Um, just turned 31 this past summer. So it definitely could be, um, yeah, Muhammad 31. Thank you. So it definitely could be him getting older. That's hurting the recovery process. I mean, for, it's kind of crazy because we see, you know, we talk about Anthony Davis a lot in terms of him getting hurt, but we also give him the respect this year that there's been a couple games that he looks like he's hurting and stuff, but he stays out there. He still plays and he gives it his all and He's helped the Lakers win a couple games so far. Uh, he did win a ring with the Lakers as well. And then, you know, people people piled on Zion for the longest time for him missing last season and his his 
body weight and all that kind of stuff like and i'm not saying we're like on this podcast we're innocent we've made you know we make jokes and stuff like that but hey we're a bunch of fat guys too so i mean when you are a fat guy yourself you can make jokes about that (laughs) um but it's crazy how like Kawhi until now until now Kawhi hasn't really gotten the same national attention in terms of not playing. Like, San Antonio fans started getting fed up with it at the end of his San Antonio tenure because he was taking a lot of games off. He was resting here, resting there, load management this, load management that. And people were just getting fed up, which I understand that because if you're watching your favorite team's best player just, you know, take rest days all the time what are you paying him for (laughs) and at the time he wasn't 31 years old (laughs) so it didn't really make sense so then he goes on to the raptors has this tremendous season leads his team all the way to a ring i mean easily like one of the best singular season and postseason runs that i've seen ever and then after that has like you know leads the the clippers on one deeper playoff run and then like we really haven't seen anything since um i think uh i'm very curious to see when the last time he even played a full season was so it looks like the last time so he's never actually played a full season. Like, he's never played all 82 games. He's only played more than 70 games twice in his entire career. That was the 2015 and then 2016 Spurs. Then that next, that last year with the Spurs, right after that is when he played nine games, was hurt most of that. With the Raptors, he even only played 60 games. Like, he didn't even play above 70 games for that team either. And then it was 57 with the Clippers in 2019, 52 with them in 2020, none last season, only two games so far this season. And when, I mean, in the beginning of his career, it was like 64, 58, 66, 64. So, I mean, love Kawhi, always been a big fan, love his game, but if he's never playing anymore because of all these injuries or load management or whatever it is he kind of becomes obsolete so i just want to know what's going on with that Tyler says he should have stayed in toronto he really should have if if you still have Kawhi with the team toronto has now with the minor adjustment that if Kawhi was healthy they would still be perennial finals contenders easily I mean, because this is essentially the same exact team that did win the finals, just no Kyle Lowry and better younger talent. I mean, they prop. The only thing is, they probably wouldn't have Scotty Barnes if Kawhi stayed in Toronto, because they, unless that is the season he gets hurt, and then you know you luck into Scotty Barnes again. But most likely, if Leonard's in Toronto. He probably doesn't have Scotty Barnes. So that, but at the same time, they're still really, really good. You still would have, you know, 
Van Vliet, Trent Jr., Kawhi, Siakam, and then, you know, uh, Coloco has been a good pick so far. Um, Boucher, you still got uh, Precious. Like, all those guys still would make up a, a really good roster. Tyler also says, so Leonard is made out of glass. Apparently. Apparently, he's just, yeah. <laughs> um, so, moving on to our last topic here. It's going to be a little bit of a short episode since I'm by myself this week. But, speaking of the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, hurt. James Harden, also hurt. They're both out for a good bit of time here. James Harden is out for at least a month. We know that much. Pascal Siakam, um, I don't know exactly how many. I know it was an adductor strain, but I'm not sure if they gave an exact timetable. Uh, it says at least two weeks. And he'll be reevaluated after those two weeks to see how his healing has progressed. And the injury was last Friday night. So we're not going to see Siakam for a little bit. I think the Raptors can stay afloat. I don't think they're going to, like, you know, tank too much without Siakam there, even though he was having one hell of a season. I mean, Siakam's. Uh, averages this year were pretty crazy. They, I think some stats even increased from the year before, which, I mean, he's been having good seasons uh, previous to this too. Yeah, so his rebounding numbers, assist numbers, and scoring have all increased. Um, he's up to 24.8 points, 9.3 rebounds, 7.7 assists a game, which is... I mean, that's pretty insane to me, especially for a power forward. He's essentially getting pretty close to averaging a triple-double. Previously, last season was his best in terms of rebounding and assists, which was 8.5 and 5.3 assists. He's gone up almost a full rebound and over two assists a game. So, uh, yeah, Spicy P has has added some extra spice up until this injury, which is very unfortunate. James Harden as well started off this season looking like an MVP candidate again. I mean, James Harden was looking lights out, and we talked about it on here that it it was a shame that the Sixers kept losing. I mean, they're still losing a few games, but they at least looked better back on Monday with uh, Joel Embiid back. However, now he's out for a month. Um... The thing that I think is going to be interesting is seeing how well Tyrese Maxey plays because it has seemed. So a lot of people, a lot of Sixers fans, I should say, have thought that Tyrese Maxey is more, his potential is unlocked when Joel Embiid does not play. However, we've seen Tyrese Maxey have some great games with Joel Embiid on the floor. The last, this whole last, you know, week or two with James Harden out, Tyrese Maxey has looked good minus like one or two games that he's just had a bad shooting night. But it seems as though, I don't know if this is like, you know, a conspiracy theory. If so, like, keep it on the hush. Uh, 
it seems as though he plays better without James Harden. And I know when you have James Harden in there, he, you know, has some gravity towards him where he's going to pull more defenders towards him. However, when here's the issue. When you have somebody like James Harden who isn't really playing off the ball, like he's not he's not making cuts, he's not running off screens, he's not doing any of that stuff. Even though he might have a defender on him, I mean, he's not pulling like a double team when he's off the ball. Like he's not he's not Steph Curry who's going off three screens catching up three separate defenders in those screens, getting himself open, but then getting other teammates open because all of those guys are still getting caught in this whole screening process, and you can have somebody slip right back door for an easy layup. That's not what James Harden's doing. So, when you have Maxi out there without Harden, and you have some other guys that, can get in there and and shoot the rock. I, yeah, I kind of see why it might unlock his potential. I mean, on top of that too, he his his game driving to the basket has always been good. I mean, his speed allows him to be good at that. He gets to the right, gets to the left, whatever he wants to get to. He usually flashes right past people. He's that fast. Sometimes he relies on his speed a little too much, tries to go up against seven-footers and gets blocked, but that's beside the point. He has gotten to be a much better shooter off the dribble, off the catch. And a lot of times when it comes to that sort of shooting, you need to catch a rhythm. You need to get into a rhythm. And when you have James Harden dribbling the air out of the ball, Joel Embiid then, you know, posting up for the other half of the game. Tyrese Maxey can't get into a rhythm. Now without James Harden, Maxey gets into his rhythm. We see him put up. I think the one game he had 44 points. Another game he had like 28 points and 30 points and so on and so forth. And then uh, Embiid came back and, I mean, Maxey had a bit of a rough shooting night. But I don't chalk that up to just the fact that Embiid was back. Maxi was still getting looks and he was just missing he was missing some floaters and layups that he usually hits too so it, it was just a rough night all all around but I think the Sixers actually will do pretty well even with James Harden out for this month I don't think honestly that it's going to hurt them as much as people expected it to and I think they will they will stay afloat for the most part. So I think I think they'll be fine, to be honest. And usually I'm on the negative side of, of Sixers things. If any of you guys watch our Sixers Saturday streams, um, that is a stream that usually is just me on Saturday mornings where I talk just Sixers. And as you, if you've seen it, you know I'm pretty negative about the Sixers because there's a lot of things that they need to work on. I mean, this season hasn't been great. So we'll see. But I think that the Sixers will actually be fine without James Harden. But I think that's it here for me. Um, we do not have a what you got this week because 
I'm not going to ask myself a question. And the fantasy set, fantasy minute with Big Sexy will be back next week when Big Sexy is back. So I will let you all get back to your huge slate of NBA games. Appreciate you hanging out with me. Thank you, Muhammad. Thank you, Tyler, for commenting and talking with me tonight. Appreciate you guys, as always, tuning in. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but that is it here for us. Thank you, everybody, for watching. I appreciate that. We appreciate that greatly. If you haven't already and you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe below. Hit the subscription button. Hit that bell for notifications. Hit that like for the the algorithm and make sure you leave a comment down there as well for an algorithm for the youtube algorithm as well um we're also everywhere you get your podcast spotify apple google stitcher podcast addict all them things all them johns um so make sure you check those out as well but that's it here for us thank you for watching the atlantic files the number one podcast on the number one division in the nba brought to you by the underdog sports podcast network We'll catch you guys next week and on Saturday morning for Sixers Saturdays. Peace.